What is the difference between a podcast and a sermon? A sermon has the tone of a father instructing his children in the way of the Lord. A podcast has the tone of a friend helping you along the path and chatting with you as you go. And so what do we do with these different mediums contributing different things into the world? What is a podcast? Why should we use it? How are we using it? What are our thoughts after becoming official podcasters with a TM next to that? We are official now. We have guests. We are legit, I guess. I don't know. Anybody, it's an amateur thing. We're not paid, but we're doing it. So this is going to be a little bit of banter, a little bit of back and forth. Um, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Joel, how are you doing, man? Yeah, doing good. Feeling good. Um... How's your uh, preparation for your big pitch to your CEO coming? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm under a lot of pressure, obviously looking disheveled in the video if you're viewing on. You need a haircut? You need a haircut, man? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask Kelsey to freshen me up. She's my, since the pandemic, she's been my go-to barber, even though she doesn't actually like doing it. Uh, you know, gotta gotta be fiscally responsible. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Listen to our money podcast. But no, you're presenting to your CEO. You got to go to Silicon Valley to do this, and it'll pretty much determine your job. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I don't like to say that to my wife because then she'll get worried. But <laughs> to an extent, it's true. Um, flying down um, without revealing, you know, too much information. I'm working on kind of a a new market venture for the company I work for um, to try to kind of expand to a new vertical. And yeah, we've been a year in beta and now it's kind of to decide, yeah, do we put gasoline on the fire and make it go big? Cool. Well, I've had the pleasure of joining you in this podcast world. It's not where we met. We how where did you meet me? Do you remember the first time we met, Joel? Yeah, Frost Week at University of Waterloo. Were we on the same team, like green team, maybe or brown? <laughs> or something I don't like. see. I don't remember that because it was just a wild week. I I remember meeting you in a Bible study. That's what I wanted you to say, not our crazy Frost Week adventures. <laughs> <laughs> that led that led to me being connected with you, and then you saying, "Hey, we should we should do Bible study." Yeah, and yeah, that was very, you know, fortunate that we stayed in touch and we developed kind of this. How many years ago was that? Two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, yeah, something like that. So, podcasts, podcasting. We're doing this thing called podcasting. I've always enjoyed podcasts, but if I'm honest, I've felt guilty about it because I'm like, I should be reading books. Now, I, I don't have that view anymore, and we'll get into that. Um, but but Joel, how do you understand podcasts? Positive, negative, neutral? Wow, yeah. I mean, like, in terms of, like, consuming media, I, I used to read a lot of books when I was younger. I didn't read for a long time. And then I got into a lot of business books when I switched into a, a product management role. And then instead of reading, I actually switched to doing Audible and listening. And I think that's kind of where I switched over into listening to podcasts instead of listening to audiobooks. Because I was commuting, you know, pre-pandemic, I would have an hour commute one way. So that's like two hours a day where I'm commuting. And a lot of people, I think they first get into audiobooks or podcasts 
because they're busy doing something and, you know, like driving or commuting and, you know, might as well toss on music or something where you're hearing conversation and maybe even feeling part of that conversation versus a Mm -hmm. book is like, you're kind of just listening to someone talking, almost talking at you. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more intimate. Uh, It's I think one of the things Tony Ranke says podcasting was invented actually in 2000. It was a mashup of two words, iPod back when there was iPod and (laughs) broadcasting. And by 2005, a full two years before the iPhone launched into the world, Steve Jobs stood on stage and introduced the Apple community to podcasting and a new directory of podcasts being built into iTunes. He called podcasting TiVo for radio because you can now subscribe to an RSS feed back when we had RSS feeds. Um, But yeah, that's how we produce our podcast is through an RSS feed. Um, and you got to listen to it, but you get to listen to it on demand. And and this is this is something where amateurs can do it. Anybody can do it. There's tons of people podcasting, but there is something unique about it that is different than radio. Um, but it's similar in that you choose it. I think that's the big thing. With podcasting, you the listeners choose to listen. They can stop. They can listen to you at their own speed. You know, they can speed us up, slow us down. You know, they can re-listen to something. And there is that tone of voice that is very impactful, as opposed to a book where you sometimes lose some of the personal personableness of the tone of voice, the enunciation, all, all the types of things that come out, the excitement. You know, when we had Wyatt on the show last time and he got all animated about masks and the strong brother and the weak brother. And like that was that you heard something different there than what you would read in his articles on Romans 14. Right. And I think that's the value of podcasts. It really does allow you to get to know people in a deeper way than just reading of them, though reading of them is obviously a great form of learning of them too. Yeah, no, totally. I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why I listen to podcasts is really to feel more connected to the speaker. And I mean, I I guess a shout out to one of the podcasts that I listen to is the all in podcast. Um, And there's, you know, four guys who I think they're like in technology or, or have had successful ventures and they're now maybe more in investing and stuff like that. But there's, you know, banter between them and they all bring in like different viewpoints and insights. And that perspective is both like enlightening for me, but also I feel like, oh, I just like hung out with my friends, which is kind of weird, right? Because they they have no idea who I am. Um, But I definitely like appreciate that. And now like, yeah, on a weekly basis, they drop weekly. On a weekly basis, I make sure to be like, yeah, like, what are they, what are we talking about this week? Like, what's new? What's, what's new? It keeps me up to date with uh, what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has that, it has that friend element to it, as I said at the intro, as opposed to like more of a pastoral, there's a different authority vector. Um, so you're, you can, you can stop listening and that's okay. That's kind of like one of the knowns. Um, and this is a beautiful thing. It, it reminds me of what C.S. Lewis says in his book, The Four Loves. Um, and, and he talks about friendship there. This is a long quote, but you, you need the longer quote to get the context. So he, he says this, he says, in a circle of true friends, each man is simply what he is. 
stands for nothing but himself. No one cares two pence about anyone else's family, profession, class, income, race, or previous history. Of course, you'll get to know most of these in the end, but casually, they will come out bit by bit to furnish an illustration or an analogy to service pegs for an antidote, never for their own sake. That is the kingliness of friendship. And, and he'll unpack this, but, but listen, hear this out. The kingliness of friendship. We meet like sovereign princes of independent states abroad on neutral ground, freed from our context. This love essentially ignores not only our physical bodies, but the whole embodiment, which consists of our family, job, past, and connections. At home, besides being Peter or Jane, we are also we also bear a general character, husband or wife, brother or sister, chief, colleague, or subordinate, not among our friends. It is an, it is an affair of disentangled or stripped minds. Euros, a type of love that he talks about, will have naked bodies. Friendship, naked personalities. Hence, if you will not misunderstand me, he says this, don't, under, don't misunderstand me here. He says there's an exquisite arbitrariness and irresponsibility of this love. I have no duty to be anyone's friend and no man in the world has a duty to be mine. Like that's friendship, right? Like you choose your friends, right? Yeah. You make that choice just like podcasts. You choose those podcasts and there's that intimacy that's built there. C.S. Lewis goes on, no claims, no shadow of necessity. Friendship is unnecessary, like philosophy, like art, like the universe itself. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which give value to survival. And I don't know, I just, I've thought, I've been thinking about friendship, and I've been thinking about, you know, our lonely world, how technology disconnects us. And yet we also have the ability with technology to connect and be friends in a way through podcasts with these people we would never see in real life, you know, and, and there's a beauty in that. There's a, there's a weird sense that I can get to know people, even though we're, we're not going to see each other in real life. And I can kind of, kind of feel what they would respond to me if I shared a thought with them, because I've listened to them so much. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting is like, it's not just us who are making this connection. It's like more and more people are getting into podcasting. If you're you're looking at the statistics, like podcasting is still growing. And I didn't know actually when it was created back in 2000, but I think recently um, there's a stat that came out 50% of people in the U S had listened to podcasts globally. We're almost about 500 million people um who listen to podcasts and that's like growing with the availability of internet kind of in in line with that growth projection um in the past month about one in every four people have listened to a podcast um and that's again over the past two decades uh has been on an increasing rate and at least to me if i take a step back in the past two or three years i really feel podcasting has come up to another level of recognition in society. So, you know, Spotify, which mm-hmm. was a music streaming company, made a strategic decision to actually add podcasting. Because typically, actually, I only listened on Apple Podcasts. And now I actually have switched to Spotify. And 
fun fact 50% of people who are listening to this pod listen on yeah. Spotify. Spotify. So they they made that strategic decision because they know like it's it's a growing market and if they want to stay relevant they need to have podcasts. Yeah, and like I listen to sports podcasts and they like bought out the ringer, you know, and they did the whole Joe Rogan thing that has got them into some trouble. But podcasts do act as a bit of a digital public square, you know. So back in Paul's day, he would go to the synagogues to reason with the Jews and the Jewish leaders, but he would also go to the the public square at the time, which was literally a place outside where people would gather the Areopagus and other places like that. And he would reason with the people. Um, and this would cause some controversy because, you know, it, it would disrupt the economics of the day um, because of some of his views. I won't get into the details in, in Acts, but but today we we do have the ability to go into a deeper, more nuanced view of issues with podcasts. Um, and you can get different takes pretty quickly by just you know opening up your your podcast app and finding different people. I don't think I don't think most people search on you know their iPhone and search for a podcast. You normally get introduced through someone, yeah, a recommendation um, or something like that. Uh, but again, that's more like how friends work. It's it's more like how, mm. like, I would never just reach out to some random person and say, do you want to be my friend? Even in a church, like our church is pretty large, but, um, you know, there needs to be some other introduction or connection or mutual alignment. And then we go and we friend each other. We we enjoy life together. And that's kind of what I feel like podcasts are in a, in a beautiful way, in a good way. Yeah, now, I think it's really interesting when you, you know, retrospect about some of these trends uh, that are, are taking hold. So you mentioned like, yeah, the social public square and, you know, there's a lot of comment comments about Twitter being that um, and it's public space. And there's obviously like drawbacks to every technology, like we mentioned on this podcast where it's like, okay, you're giving a lot of people a voice that maybe shouldn't have a voice um, because they don't necessarily have due diligence or pro- propagating, you know, <laughs> Uh, fake stories on WhatsApp groups that aren't are just like viral um, and like hitting people's triggers. So that stuff exists, but you're also creating a more diverse school of thought, right? Like on the other hand, where it's mm-hmm. like previously you had these gatekeepers and in, in, in media conglomerates who are saying like, hey, this is, you know, the narrative we're pushing this, is, we're going to try and be unbiased. But of course, everything like has a level of bias. And by creating this, you know, pushing more towards a creator economy where people can create their own podcasts and and create new topics, it really does create this diverse school of thought um, and diverse opportunity to to engage in different conversations that you typically wouldn't be able to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think podcasts are great. Um, I think. Sometimes they can be a crutch instead of really getting into a book and working through argumentation because you can kind of feel like, oh, I'll just have a similar take that so-and-so podcaster had instead of actually reading a book and and developing the thought in full. There's something in a written form that's more precise um, than something that is just off the cuff or maybe is well said, but um, doesn't have the same longevity to it because podcasts by their nature are kind of recency and time and oriented in that way. Um, 
but yeah, no, for, for us though, we, we podcast now, I, I think there was a hurdle that I had to get beyond of my own questioning of like, why would anybody listen to our podcast? Right. (laughs) And I actually just had to come to this conclusion that I want to do it for the sake of my own learning, my own growth, because I learn really well when I have this project that I'm working towards, like a sermon or like, like I'd say I grow, I've grown a lot when I saturate my mind in scripture or in biblical thoughts. And there's four ways that I've been doing this. One way is through obviously like scripture meditations. We have like a blackboard that we put a Bible verse. You've seen it at our house. Like yeah. you put a verse on the on there and then try to memorize. And I think about it through the day and that like saturation in scripture sometimes helps you see things um, that you wouldn't normally see, like the word for and really thinking about that and making sure you memorize it right. So there's that. Then there's like prepping for a sermon. Like you're just thinking through the text, applying it to your life. There's that. Then there's prepping for like a Bible study, which is is similar. And now I have this prepping for a podcast where it's like, oh, I better read books. I better read broadly. And I just end up thinking about the issues in advance of whatever we're discussing. And that just helps my mind focus on heavenly, eternal things rather than just the earthly day-to-day stuff, riffing off of like Jesus's Sermon on the Mount or what Paul says in Romans. So I don't know, like I really like this as just a good out let for my own growth. Um, and, I, and I said, I don't know if I told you this, but at the start of this year, I was like, I want 2022 to be a year of creation, not consumption. Oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah. So it was before we made the decision to launch it. I like, I've been reading lots of theology. I love getting into it, but I know that I will only learn as far as I'm willing to really produce and create my own thoughts. Because if you think of how we learn, there's something called Bloom's taxonomy. And this is like every educator knows this. Um, Bloom's taxonomy has at the highest level create. And then below that is evaluate. At the very bottom is simply remembering. But like in order to really demonstrate that you've learned something, you need to create or evaluate or analyze that one of those higher level things. So for my own learning, I want to be able to create things. And then as I'm spending time editing an episode of Wyatt Graham and being like, whoa, there was a lot of knowledge she unpacked in that like two minute span, but I have to edit it. And then I get to process that. I get to saturate my mind in it. Um, But I'm forced to figure out, okay, what clips will I use to promote or whatever? It's like, I, I take that higher step in the taxonomy. I'll show it on the screen for our listeners or our people who watch on YouTube. I'll show an image of Bloom's taxonomy. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's been good for me. I've been really enjoying it. And obviously, as I've referenced before, I enjoy you, Joel. Because yeah. you're my friend. And this is a f- form of our friendship growing it's, it's because fun. we're shoulder to shoulder doing something together. Yeah. And I think, I mean, especially for guys, I think, um, that's a key thing. Guys do things shoulder to shoulder. Like for me, I had a very similar feeling, a very similar desire to be like, I want to create something, you know, whether it's writing or, or a podcast. And, and even last year I was thinking like, I've learned all these things that I wish I could have shared with a younger version of myself. And there is this now element of like, you know, new grads, people who are about to grad who reach out to me on LinkedIn and say, 
hey, like I want to get into product management. Can you give me some feedback? And I'm actually quite, I'm hoping I'm not going to get spammed with the messages after this, but quite open to connecting with people. And getting we're feedback. not that popular yet, man. Like we're, <laughs> you'll get like no one, no, I, I, no one. We, we have, we have dozens of people listen to us. Dozens. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. it. That's all. That's enough for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, I'll like pay it, pay it forward, I guess, you know, is the phrase that's used. Um, and I, and I feel, feel really good about that. So it's like this belief that like, Hey, I should, I should create more. I should, um, you know, put this stuff out there and kind of like progress either the thinking that's out there or like allow people to get ahead. Um, so having the opportunity to do this with you has been really fulfilling, you know? And I think the big thing I would say to anyone who has also had that feeling is like, yeah, just go out there and do it. You know, don't double think or overthink um, it. Just get out and see where it goes. Right. You, you really touched on a key point there is like you learn by doing, you know, I think mm-hmm. that was almost like the Waterloo mantra for their co-op program is like learn by doing um but yeah i really believe in that it's like allows you to engage in a deeper level of your mind and like understand and contextualize things when i think for christian discipleship we need to see this learning by doing as well and that's where too many christians rely on the infrastructure of the church to provide them with discipleship and growth as opposed to being active in creating right. and saying, hey, two other people in the church that I know pretty well, would you mind like reading the Psalms every week with me or every month with me or whatever it is? Like there needs to be more organic creation happening within the church. And I feel like, you know, some churches are doing that. And I think there's a book called The Trellis and the Vine that that unpacks this model of discipleship that encourages more of this organic, like a vine. You still need to have the trellis of structural support, but you need to allow for that organic growth and that organic creation and and production and allowing people to create their own Bible study curriculum rather than just buying it off of whatever and making that a challenge for someone so that they actually have to do it. Um, I think the church has really struggled with this recently because we've just gone to one service a week and we've gone like there used to be a Sunday night service or a Wednesday night. And so really in the distribution of Christian knowledge, it's like Sunday school, or maybe you get to preach every once in a while, but we don't have a lot of those other opportunities that aren't just for the participant receiving the knowledge, but need to be in place for people to learn and grow through delivering knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really key. Like when you're, you know, the, the idyllic dream is like, you're living in this Christian community and David, it's not just Sunday that you're seeing your, um, your friends at church, um, fellow Christians. It's like throughout the week, you're doing life with them, right. You're doing different Mm -hmm. activities and stuff like that. And like, there has been a few moments in my life where, I mean, even like, yeah, university is definitely one of them where it's like you're on campus um, with your friends who can be part of this like Christian community and you're very like co-located geographically. So you end up doing activities together. Um, And then versus when you move into your family, right. You're 
oftentimes very focused on your family, which is good, but you may lose that sense of like community and like doing things for the community. Um, so, you know, creating those opportunities where you can create, where you can think, where you can collaborate. Um, I think yeah, with a, others, create yeah, with others. Yeah. With others. Yeah. It's like really uh, an avenue we need to figure out how to accelerate. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, a personal barrier would have been the sense that, well, sure, I might have studied theology a bunch, but there are so many people smarter than me. Like I'm good friends with James Kelly, the founder of Faith Tech. And uh, like he, like a month after we start our podcast, he starts his podcast. And I'm like, dude, you got better (laughs) things to say than me. Like you got to jump, like do your thing. But that's not the point. Like, I don't think you would have said, oh, we're competing against each other if we both started a blog 10 years ago because everybody knew that blogs were just a thing. Whereas podcasts, it's like, oh, you don't want to infringe. But that's the problem is that we're we're too afraid of infringing and we need to be okay. Canadians perhaps especially struggle with this of like speaking up, sharing our views. It doesn't have to be on social media. It doesn't have to be in a public forum but we need to be okay with sending text messages to our friends of like what we're learning or working through Bible passages together. Anyways, it's uh, we struggle with friendship in our society right now. We struggle with loneliness. Um, Brad East says our society is awash in loneliness, apathy, despair, and even sexlessness. The youngest generations are marrying later or not at all um, and having fewer children or none at all. Divorce is rampant. Kin networks are declining in both quantity and quality, and what remains is fraying at the seams. Regular attendance of church is historically low. The pandemic has supercharged these trends, but they existed even before the pandemic. Even friendship, the last dependable and universal form of love, has seen drastic reductions, especially for men. Um, There's a recent thing by Ann Snyder who said that it's been like 4x is the increase of people over the last 30 years who like don't have a close friend. Like it's just wild. Um, So you you can't open an internet browser without stumbling upon this like rise of loneliness, lack of friendship. Um, Brad, he he concludes all this. uh, with saying this, they they are like a car alarm ringing through the night. Eventually, you get used to it and go back to sleep. And I and I worry our culture has like lacked friendship, lacked real creation. We're in consumption rather than creation. We're not really building things. We're not living out the mandate of Genesis one and two of like doing good in the world, tending to the world, cultivating our relationships and the world around us. And instead, we're just like passive recipients of screens or of relationships and thinking only in, in recipient terms or what's in it for me, instead of really producing and, and providing and caring. Yeah, no, that's actually, it's crazy or scary, maybe is a better word, because reflecting even on my life, right? It's like, I'm now fully work from home. I mean, except for a, a couple of days every so often. Um, but before I would be going into the office and may have all these office relationships, friendships, all that type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's like very much like I'm just doing my own thing. And I like still have some ties with my team, but they're not as close as some of the friends I had at my previous company. And I think it just accentuates the point that like, there's this drive. And I think especially with men um, who are maybe like less 
intrinsically motivated to go out and be social, even though I don't know, I would imagine like extroverts and introverts probably have the same ratio between male and and female, but we can probably like double. They do. I've studied that. Yeah. But I I guess, yeah, like we are just less um, social. So at least speaking for myself, I'm definitely like less social and I'm feeling even last week, I messaged a bunch of my other friends. I'm like, Hey, like I miss you guys. We should hang out. You know, like we haven't hung out in in a while. So it's, it's a true fact. Yeah. And it's figuring out how to, how to do things that are shoulder to shoulder. So like, I find like my, one of my friends, Brian, I find that we go shoulder to shoulder and figuring out parenting together. And even though like we find we get together, we talk about parenting. I know that's like a stereotypical mom thing to do and get together, but dads can care about parenting too. All right. Um, and, and yeah, so you kind of have these things, obviously for us, it's the podcast for other people. It might be, you know, working on something at the church or trying to figure out and support someone in their see, see their mission as my mission. So if someone else is super active in some ministry, then you just, try to talk about that and figure out how you can help them just in the conversation, like analyzing it, strategizing it, um, or figuring out the theology of it. At least for myself, I, I enjoy that, but you ask lots of questions and you're just like, Oh, I'm your teammate. I'm, I'm supporting you and what God is giving you in your life. And then that can be a little bit more shoulder to shoulder rather than just, how are you? Yeah. (laughs) How's your work going? How are your kids? Like there's, there's so many questions that it's like, okay, great. But like, what can we work on together? And we got to turn conversations in that direction. Um, anyways, we, we've, we've rambled long enough. This is our, this is our banter podcast. Um, I'll close with a Tim Keller quote. I think I'll be able to just pull this straight from the sermon that he gave on friendship and everybody should listen to this sermon. Um, Tim Keller says this, let us admit that one of the reasons we do not have the, the, the friends that our hearts need is not because of our terrible mobile society, but because we aren't the friends we should be. The reason we don't have enough great friends is because you're, we're not great friends. The reason why we don't have enough great friends is because we are not great friends. And we ought to take the burden of responsibility on ourselves. Yeah, so if there's anything you get from this pod, you know, go out, create, be a friend, you know, do stuff. Do stuff. <laughs> said said here at WWJT. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for uh, some of you have been sending in some comments. I very much appreciate that. Uh, we got some ups- uh, some upcoming episodes that are exciting. Some exciting episodes is what I was going to say. It was just a sweet word, and I'll go with it. Um, that one, actually. Yeah. yeah, upsetting. I mean, that's what we do in the English language. We create new words. Okay, enough ranting. Enough going on and on we're done thanks for listening to wwjt i'm andrew (laughs) we're not supposed to say that no i wanted to do the i'm andrew i want to i want to be cool like kelsey wants me to be cool with just i'm andrew instead of my name is oh so (laughs) completely forgot okay (laughs) okay okay we'll redo that part all right so uh thanks for listening to wwjt i'm andrew i'm joel all right take care see ya